morning. This podcast is brought to you by Green Lights, Matthew McConaughey's new book about his life and his inspirations and what makes him him. Um, comedians Michael Rowland and Terrence Hartnett called this book an inspiration and a bond that will last at least a few weeks. Welcome to Down by the River. My name is Terrence Hartnett. As you know, um, thank you very much for listening. Um, and thank you to Matthew McConaughey for um, uh, Venmoing me uh, $50,000 to plug his book up top. I appreciate it, Matthew. Thank you very much, man. I love the book. Um, Green Lights um, was, it, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. And uh, Michael Rowland came down to Austin from New York City in his car with a with a tent and uh, not many plans. And when I met him here on the first night, we talked about it and uh, we kind of blew each other's minds by how much we both liked it. So that was the basis for um, our, <laughs> that's been the basis for many of our conversations over the last two weeks. So Mike got here um uh, it seems like two weeks ago, I guess, and uh, we've been hanging out a lot here in Austin, experiencing and enjoying everything that Austin has to offer, weather-wise and stuff like that. I've known Mike for a while. I guess I met him three years ago at a, a comedy festival. We talked about that a little bit, so I'm not sure if I remember, but he, I think he opened, he opened for Stuart Huff, which he told me, and he really impressed me. He's always been a very impressive comedian, like just just the exact kind of comedian that I like. Um, where it's hilarious, but it is new and unique and different, and he's he's expressing himself. Um, incredible comedian, amazing comedy. Um, look up his clips on YouTube. He's got a Comedy Central clip that will blow you away. It's so funny. Um, he's a regular at the Comedy Cellar. All that stuff, yada yada yada. He's an example. And I think I told him this in the podcast too. He's an example of somebody who. Um, I look up to as a comedian and admire as a person. That's difficult to find. I don't know if you know many comedians in your life, um, but sometimes the ones who are really good <laughs> are like just you know it's just okay. They're not the, they're not the, they're not exceptional people. Exceptional people are hard to find. They're exceptional. Exceptional comedians are hard to find. They're exceptional too. Now when someone is both, that is remarkable to me. Um, so Michael Rollins one of those. Um, and uh, maybe I think we yeah we don't joke around a ton. That's what's that's kind of nice about hanging out with Roland is you kind of just um, exist and discuss and have genuine discussions. So I hope this is a good example of that. We talked about how we've had a lot of good talks, Roland and I, Michael and I. Um, over the course of the last couple of weeks, and uh, maybe this isn't the best one, but it's a good example of um, of the vibe we've been having here in Austin, which has been just amazing. Until it got cold, it got cold a couple of days ago, and uh, everything's canceled, and <laughs> everything's terrible. And I can't sleep in a van, and I had to get a hotel room, which is basically it, the opposite of what I've wanted to do. This is this is it's just it's just anathema 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 to my sort of um philosophy right now but here we are in the hotel room anyway so i talked to him in this hotel room i set it up, I set it up like a talk show host where i had my i had uh i had my desk and a chair and i had him sit on the couch that's kind of fun so you know enjoy he's, he's a great guy uh and check out green lights by matthew mcconaughey honestly i did love it it's very entertaining and inspiring um it's a funny combo we don't like it ironically we like it genuinely it's genuinely we enjoy it so enjoy my uh conversation with michael Rowland. take it away steve
Damn, we've talked a lot. We've talked a lot th- over a week now. So is it, yeah, right. When did you get here? I don't know. I feel like a bit of the time <laughs> so warp. I know. I know. I don't know when I got here, but we've seen each other almost every day. For yeah, it feels yeah, definitely more. Than, oh, talked a lot. So now we're gonna have a conversation on the record. I, I know. guess we both feel pressure for it to be as good as our other conversations. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to. <laughs> it just has to be good enough for this show. You gotta just let go and let God. Yeah. Yeah, let it be. Let it be whatever it's gonna be. Let it be. Let it be. I mean, I needed a, I needed an episode. I was thinking, I was like, well, maybe I'll save Michael for like the desert. We're going to the desert together. Maybe we'll record in the desert. Yeah. But like, I just needed, I needed, I need you. I needed you to step in. Hey, man. I did not have enough runway. I didn't have as much. I, I didn't think I was gonna be in Austin for this long. No, me neither. Okay, dude. And now so we're it's just like, fucking here. We are here. Somebody was saying it's going to be the biggest boom city in like 50 years or some Someone shit. Someone is. Elon Musk. That's who it was, oh, that was on Elon. Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> well, and who else is? Uh, Brendan's roommate is like, I've heard Zach, him quote Zach that. Zach's that quoted that, yeah. that to me like three times, and I've only seen him twice. You know what I mean? Since that yeah. pod came out. <laughs> yes. Uh Shout out to Zach. Shout out to, to Zach, Zach. Brzezinski. Brzezinski. Super Polish last name. It is. It is a very Polish, very Polish man. True. Yeah. Yeah. Stocky, um, bronze-shouldered uh, man of a man. Yeah. He could work. Like other man could do some serious work. Serious. You can work. see him pushing a plow. Also very kind. I actually worked True. out at the gym with him yesterday, and it was like seeing him in a completely different light. Where it was like I felt like I was slowing him down, and I just wanted to be at his level because he was like going hard and i was like yeah i'll do whatever you want Whoa. just like he was like so in control of the situation it was like cool it was like another side of him because usually so he's very easy going but when he's working out he's like zeroed in yeah yeah, yeah. he's like he's like yeah sure sure yeah yeah yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's working out there. he's like we're gonna do this and then we're gonna do this all right and you, you better have your form right and you're like got it boss like, yes, <laughs> coming sir. at you yes sir <laughs> blasted our tribes whatever you <laughs> Whatever you need, LA Fitness, huh? Yeah, fifteen dollars for a day pass. That's rough. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm fine. That's a lot. They got a sauna. Okay. They got did a you, pool. You take full advantage. You did all totally. That stuff? I oh, just nice. do it all on principle. Oh, you got it. Get in the hot tub and be like, "Yep." Oh, it's like here at the hotel. I'm like, I'm gonna tell them I forgot my toothbrush. So I can get a free toothbrush. Yeah. Free toothbrush with the hotel. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, I'm like, I try to be here as long as I can. It's like, it's like sad because like no one. Is in these hotels and they're like, I'm gonna stay there the whole time I'm yeah. there. I'm gonna three, make the most of three it. to eleven. Yeah, <laughs> from check in to check out, and I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm going no place. <laughs> I'm going nowhere. <laughs> it's just like the obvious that everyone is here because they just need a place to crash for the cool thing they're doing in Austin. Yeah, they yeah, need yeah. To, somewhere to sleep. Um, whereas I'm like, it's cold in the van. Yeah. I'm going to be here. This I'm go- is the I'm destination. I'm going to be in the extended yeah. stay of America. This is where this I'm going to be. This is what you came for. This is the main event. Yeah. Even though it's like I do, I like doing stuff. And I re- so not, like even last night I realized like I don't like being cooped up here by myself. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing to go There's nothing to go and do. There's no yeah. comedy. All comedy has been canceled in Austin this weekend because it's 30 degrees. That's why it got canceled. 30 degrees. It's just because um, it's cold. It's like, there, I guess there's some ice on the roads. I actually crossed a bridge while I was running today, and it was pretty icy. Let's say, like, you know, bridges uh, freeze before sidewalks and roads. Yes. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm seeing that right now. And they See, don't have any process for no. melting it. No, no salt. No salt. So you just got to deal with it. So everybody's fucking scared to drive. It's great. 
They should be because I think they don't yourself. know they don't know how to deal with ice down here. No, they so had they, a fucking pile up in Dallas. They ought to be. Yeah, it was right. on the front page of the newspaper this morning. So many people are dead. My mom knows about it. Oh, I thought yeah. you were say my mom. My mom was, was there. One of them. <laughs> my mom's dead. I was gonna wait until you brought up the crash before I told you my mom was dead. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be polite. I want to inject. You know, when someone comes at you with their thing, and it's yeah. Like, We've it's been talking much. so much. Now we got You know, we we have to set little traps for each other to like, keep it interesting. Yeah, that, all right. I've been, I've enjoyed talking to you. You don't you don't riff it up. You don't like you're not like. I'm not. I can't. I'm not quick. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like a clever person. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I my only move is like I guess we'll be as genuine as we can. <laughs> I guess. I guess we'll just try to tell the truth and listen really good. I love that move. It's so underrated in especially comedian to comedian conversations. If someone's just like, So how is your day? Or like what yeah, is yeah, it like yeah. in Dallas? Is that like is it is it a cool place to be? And they're like they're like looking for the bit, they're like, Is you is it a cool place to Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then, then they and then like they crack and then you just you can just be talking. Yeah, totally. Exchanging information. I am curious. Do you think I'm a? Can you be honest? Please I be absolutely honest. will. Pod, what think, a podcast for? Do you think I'm a good listener? Yeah. Oh, you bring up stuff. Oh yeah. Dude, hell yeah. You Thank are a you. very good listener. I want to be a better listener. And the, for I'm comedians, trying. the bar is so 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 low. Yeah. Right. Yeah. People. Um. Like I'm like, um. I, I like the second day. I'm like. Mike, Terrence from yesterday, remember? We, we were in a barbershop quartet together. Remember uh, we, met, we met in Fort Wayne, Indiana so long ago? So long. Here's listening Here's listening for you. You keep, you keep, uh, or I told you, like, I didn't, re- I don't remember meeting Me- you in, in, in Fort Indiana. Wayne, but I remember meeting you. And that stuck with you. What, meeting you? No, no. It stuck with you, the fact that I said th- that I didn't remember. No, what you think I've harbored? Some no, it just I, you just remembered it. It stuck with <laughs> oh, you. Oh, so this is proof of me being a good listener. <clears throat> yeah. Well, this you're is gonna actually... remember a personal slight. <laughs> you're gonna remember when somebody when somebody cuts you. You know, I remember meeting. Um, this was like, what was it called Let's Fest or some some little tiny festival? Yeah, it was, that was it. It was Fort Let's Wayne. Fest. Yeah, and I haven't been in many festivals. You came so. to see Stuart Huff. Yeah, yeah. And I opened for Stuart Huff. Oh my at god! The, in the like upstairs of. What had to be like a pizza place. It was a pizza place. It was a pizza place. I opened for Stuart Huff. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> what I remember from that night, I was only there for the day. I did a show at like fucking 5 p.m. Like a bad. I did the show before that show, which is like at 530 or something yeah. like that. And it was the room was like filling up, but it was still, it was still bad. And I drove with Jonathan Giuseppe. Yeah, and, it was uh, another guy. And yeah. That's him. Giuseppe's, I, he's the man. Can I remember uh, his face? And uh, there you go. See, see, yep. maybe he'd make as much of an impression as I did. Well, he doesn't have a face as good as yours. <laughs> okay, now we're pat podcasting. Hey. Now it's happening. But maybe. okay, I remember Max Fine was there. I remember yep. meeting Max Fine because he made an impression. We were on there me. together. He what? He made, he made an impression, impression on he me. Does that, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Your comedy must have been very good. I mean, I've always liked your comedy. It was very impressive. You don't have to say this, but thank you. I. Max Fine leaves an impression. Max Fine sticks with you. That's one of that's his right. one of his skills. He's very good. What, at something I, just, I said about uh, somebody a couple weeks ago was, "That's a guy who leaves an impression but doesn't impress." That's not <laughs> about Max. No, 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 okay. no, no. But um, but Max definitely leaves an impression. Well, actually, that night he did leave an impression but didn't impress because he was like, "Where are you guys staying tonight?" And uh, we were like, "I don't know." We're gonna, I heard that's like an office and crashing like an office. Yeah, yeah, floor. we are, we are, we crashed on the office floor. Yeah, and he goes, "Yeah, we were there last year, and it was like end of the night. It was like a, it was like Jonestown in there. Everyone was <laughs> everyone was all fucked up, lying down. It was insane." <laughs> and then me and me and Jonathan turn to each other and go, 
what do you think? Um, and he goes, leave tonight and go home. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that sounds good. Get home at 1 a.m., no problem. I do remember that part of the interaction where you're like, yeah, we're going to go. We're going <laughs> to... We're just going to go back to Chicago. I don't even think I had quit drinking. No, I quit drinking for like a year, and that wasn't even part of it. But I you was quit like, drinking for a year? Yeah. We never talked about this that. This is good. I like this. Why, See, why did you quit drinking for a year? I turned 29, yep. and I was freaking out um, and <clears throat> about turning 30. And I was like, um, I want to be, I don't know. It was just like, I want to, you know, I want to focus and Dude, this is literally what I'm doing right now. Yeah, yeah, good. Are yeah. you? Wait, I'm turning yeah. 30 in March, so I was like, I got to get it together, man. Yeah, because that that three, man, that three hits you hard. Yeah, uh, I well, can feel it coming. I think the uh, you you, it's like um, like I, I I'll be prepared for death because I have already turned 30. Because like I've been expecting turning 30, thinking wow. about it. It feels like an Oscar Wilde quote. Oh yeah. Like, thank you. Because um, it's like, I keep it, I was, it's all in the anticipation. And then when it, when it happened, I was like, yeah, it just happens. Yeah. It's a natural thing. But it's probably 30. easier for you because you were preparing for it. It's got to be harder. For a full ass you see the, year. You see it coming the whole time. Boy, did I see it coming. And uh, I turned 30 in pandemic in, um, in 2020 at home in April. Okay, so wait. So I quit. Well, yeah, whatever. I quit because I wanted to... Um, you know, s- just see what it was like without the, uh, without the, uh, cause I was always like every day was like, I was doing something. I was yeah. having a couple beers or some pot. Like I would, ha- I would like just smoke pot and be like pretty good. Just smoked pot. Didn't even drink four beers. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's what I'm doing now. So it's like so funny. Yeah. Um, and you have <laughs> exactly. that great, you have that great bit about it. It's hilarious where you go like, it was time to grow up. I was high <laughs> as hell in my room. Like, I know. Um, I don't want to bring up bits. No, it's thank you. Um, I'm- like how's that. it going for how's it going with the no drinking it's going good but i am like i put a lot of other stuff in my system to compensate it's not as bad as alcohol so it feels like an improvement i'm definitely clearer i'm in better shape i wake up okay but it's like i still i guess haven't tamed the uh the deeper demon the thing about um yeah my friend rachel quit drinking and she's like I drank coffee at 7 p.m. last night just because, you know, when you want to feel different. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it. I was thinking about, I was writing about that today where it's like, now I just bomb my body with caffeine and nicotine and a kratom, of course. You no, know, that's, that's one thing we have not talked about over the course of the week is I've just watched you stir the green powder into a glass. <laughs> Even at a bar, you'll ask for a glass of water. What is that like you, um. You know, when you just want to feel different, it like, it's that. It, it makes you. Sort of elevates your mood, That's makes great. your body feel all fucking smooth and tingly, and but it's it's pretty easy like alcohol to get to that point where it's just like oh I'm just doing this too much instead of just feeling how I could feel right now. You know what I mean? You don't even know how you would feel. Yeah, yeah. and you gotta be careful with that because every time you touch that, it makes some weird noise on the recorder. Oh really? Yeah, it's just I know it's slowly s- drooping. What we'll do is we will cut here, turn it around. And we're back. Wait, the kratom. So the kratom. Okay, I, I keep seeing you do it, um, and I like the move of you order a glass of water with no ice from the bar. Uh huh. Then you pull out a baggie of green it powder. It looks like weed shake. It looks like the it does the bottom of weed, and like it looks like you're just it's dumping. like a bunch of keef <laughs> that you dump into a glass. And kratom's legal. It is well in most states. Ooh. In some states, it's not legal. It's legal here. I actually have to go buy. Got to re up more. Yeah. Re-up on the cream. But it's just, yeah, it's one of those things I like to drink before I work out. I like to drink it before I go out at night because it makes me feel energized 
and enthusiastic and like a little more engaged but it's definitely i don't understand the properties of it it seems like you've it's like so many it's like from the same family as coffee as coffee plants but it also has opioid like effects yeah so it's like it chills you out but it also sort of you know it gives you energy see that's contradictory and it takes pain out of your body that sounds good yeah Um, it's great i love doing it before i work out no downsides downsides are you can get a physical dependence on it and it's not crazy but it's like it's like at least how it's manifested for me is if i'm not drinking it and i try to go to sleep you'll feel like a sort of numb pain in different parts of your body and it's like you can't get comfortable it's like that but you know if you take some ibuprofen and some melatonin, it usually sort of fixes the problem. But you'll have a couple nights of that when you stop doing it. And you'll just feel a little more rickety. Because you start to rely on it to feel solid and um, yeah, not powerful, but prepared to exert your body. Okay, like I got used to using it yeah, for workouts and stuff. And um, have you taken breaks from it? And why? Or no? Um, I have taken breaks from it just because... Like I take breaks from other things just because I do sort of consistently seem to have something that I'm relying on substance wise. So I try to sort of cycle it when I can. Body guessing. (laughs) It's definitely I don't think it's like by by any means a healthy way to to go about things. And it's something I'm trying to work out for myself. But um, it does seem like you can't just white knuckle it. You can't just go into life like, what do you got? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's. I mean, at the very least, coffee is a pretty common. But I think when people get older, it becomes a little easier to accept things as they are and chill out. You know, people that used to so. bang cigarettes and coffee sort of move on to tea. I'm just thinking of the the writer Neil Gaiman. I really have no other point of reference. Oh, I love for that. Neil Gaiman. We yeah, but he, Gaiman. he talks about how he used to stay awake and smoke cigarettes and you know pound coffee and write. And now he's like, you know, you you sort of eventually grow into whatever is necessary and life will bring whatever it's going to bring kids or other responsibilities and my days of driving around and drinking kratom will be over i'm sure (laughs) but for right now it's It's not doing anything too terrible and i'm like i it i enjoy it and the upside seems to outweigh the downside at this point but like any drug it can turn on you it'll turn on you (laughs) it'll turn on you it'll turn on you yeah It'll turn on you. What about pot? Pot, it's a, I mean, it's another one of those things where I've used it so long as something to mitigate what I would, I guess, I think of as ADHD because I got prescribed Adderall yeah. and all this stuff as a kid. And I was like, this, I hit like 18. I was like, this stuff is the devil. I never want to take it again. I'm never going to rely on a substance. And now it's like, well, you know, pot. I oh, just rules. like, I use it. Because it's hard for me to write sometimes. It's hard for me to get into the rhythm of writing, but I know it's something I need to do every day. So pot's like this little this little attaboy that helps me get started because it does yeah. give me a slight bit of anxiety where I'm like, I need to get to work. Uh, death is imminent. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll it'll sort of get me in my seat and get me working. But then once I have a good... Uh, habit built up with my writing once I have good momentum with my writing I can usually sort of let the pot fall away it's crazy that I'm calling it pot I can sort of let it fall away you call it weed and then I yeah weed and yeah. then I and then <laughs> you know the writing 
momentum will stick for however long it sticks and then i might fall off with that and then sort of use weed as a vehicle to get back into it because i have noticed when i stop smoking weed i watch like an incredible amount of tv and the obvious answer is like uh you know have more self-control and just set down the remote but for some reason i do have certain mental blockages in my head where it's like yeah you know pot would help with this i don't know you're this is like yeah yeah totally and it's i mean it's just this is the thing i'm trying to work out in my head every day it's an ongoing i don't want to say battle i don't want to be at war with myself but it is <laughs> it is terrence it's an ongoing <laughs> experiment and i'm just trying again to not do too much do you ever find someone i whenever i talk to comedians who um they smoke pot all the time and i go and use it use it to like write to write like write jokes and stuff like yeah. that right because like for me i'm like sometimes if i'm alone and i smoke pot i'm like it's just like ding great idea great idea great yeah, idea great yeah. idea great idea and like i found since that they're not all great ideas but pot um is a thing where it's like hey man that's a great idea and yeah. it's like that's a good thing to have yeah, yeah it doesn't give you great ideas it gives you the feeling of that's a great idea yeah which is great because some of your ideas are great mm-hmm. they're not all great no but they're not all shit and sometimes sometimes when i'm sitting there like loathing myself i'm like that's that's a shit idea that's yeah. a shit idea. this is all shit um, but Pot's like, no, this is all gold. Which is which is fun because because so much of writing is like bad writing. And so many of the people I respect are like, you know, you want to keep writing, you got to show me your bad writing. And Pot makes yeah. the bad writing a little more, uh, I don't know, it, it hurts less to get out. You're like, well, that's kind of fun. And, it, it, you know, so much of creativity is like interesting connections that you can make. Yep. We've talked about that. The, oh, yeah. The idea of in, making interesting connections and... Sometimes, you know, weed helps with that. People have known that for a long time. It's not something you want to rely on all the time, though. I know, Sometimes I know. it's a lot of fun to like right. spend a couple of weeks where you're not smoking weed for your writing process, and then the one time you do, you're like, "Oh, this is fun." You know what I mean? It feels it's part like of that unblocking. Sometimes it's like yeah. I like um at my best with weed, I'll be pri- I prime stuff. I'll have a bunch of stuff that I I'll try to write sober for an hour or two, yeah, and then I'll smoke pot, and then it feels like it's like. Like it like unlocks, it like untaps all the stuff that's been subconsciously working. Yeah. It unlocks your subconscious in some way and kind of just like lets it all pour out. Like, um, so at my best, I would use it that way where I'm unlocking my fun, creative subconscious, like open the gates, whatever you got, I'll take whatever you got. Yeah. Like no logic, no reason necessary. And also like for jokes, especially you need to make those crazy leaps in logic. Those like things where it's like. Doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean. A Tuesday kind of feels like it's named Deborah. Am I right? <laughs> I'm. Am I wrong? <laughs> am I wrong about that? I mean, it's got a different, definite Deborah energy to a Tuesday. That's so funny. And you know it's true, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, so yeah, funny. Yeah. Comics do that thing where they say something so like that's like specific. It's a false premise. It's like, and then everyone they just kind of agree, even yeah. though it's like, like you yeah. just did. Like I it, love it makes no sense. I love you know it, what I'm but, it, but it taps into something exactly. And that's the thing about weed. Sometimes it gets you. There. But I don't know what which of my bits that work I wrote when I was high and which I which I did, <laughs> but which I which I kind of like. And but you know, like anything, if you write high too much, it'll turn on you, and then you realize your whole writing session you were just unfocused and like fucking staring off into space, and you didn't really fucking get anything out of it. So it's always. You know, the big thing is making sure you're writing every day. And then the smaller, the smaller issue is 
what you're putting in your body well, to do it, whether yeah. it's nothing or something. The habit is most most important. You have such yeah. good habits. Um, you're really you're in a really and good place right now. I yeah, but it, I sometimes I think I use substances to prop up the habits, which I guess my thinking is now you know once they're steady, you can sort of remove the props. Hopefully, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, like that <clears throat> that's one of my goals as well is just just to be a guy who's existing. I like the idea of sobriety. Yeah. Um I liked it <clears throat> when I was doing it. I found that I had a lot of like self-esteem. It was a big self-esteem builder. Yeah, I could see that. It was like um even if you had a shitty day, it's like, yeah, well I didn't do any drugs today. Yeah. I didn't do anything to make me feel better. I still feel pretty good. So it's like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, know, you kind of get a little high off of that. Um, <laughs> I think that's something I want. That's like always something I've toyed with, but it's like, I, I legitimately haven't done it where it's just like, you know, for a week or even a day, I'm not going to do anything. That includes coffee. I'm just going to eat. The thing is you have to build up to that. Cause you get a, you get yeah. a, um, I mean, my dad, my dad, uh, went to a, he, you know, when he got sober and he, uh, they wouldn't let him have coffee at the place. Oh really? No coffee. But, wow. but unlike any of the other drugs, which were, they were all, um, um, not permitted, but they would wean you down off of coffee. Oh, like you said on day one, everyone's kind of jealous cause he's still getting like a half calf cup of coffee and everyone's like, how's that coffee? Cause they love yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and uh, you get like a half ca- half calf, then quarter calf, and then on the third or fourth day, you're done. That sounds like decaf. Yeah. I mean, weaning weaning off drugs is the way to go. Especially caffeine, you'll I mean, get a headache. You'll be miserable. About, but yeah, yeah, it'll hurt. And that sounds like such an interesting rehab because every other rehab that I know of in my mind uses coffee and, and nicotine and cigarettes. as like the biggest crutch ever. Yeah. And that sounds like a good holistic perspective on substances and sobriety is yeah you should probably be quitting these things too although it's like i mean like but right, once you get out you're gonna jump right into it exactly and they all do which is whatever yeah. you know that they, but, but hopefully not the worst thing yeah not the worst you just don't want i don't know yeah but i really admire your habits i mean because we've been like just kind of like we just like check in every day and i'm like what are you doing like and you're like well i got i got writing done i gotta i gotta exercise and then i should be good to hang out at like three or four o'clock like we've never hung out in the morning ever because yeah yeah, yeah. and it's been good for me too because i'm like yeah you're right like i'll do that thing too like i'm like um i'm piggybacking off of you off of some of these good habits that you have i'm like yeah i can work until three like i'm not doing shit either like what's the what's the point like he's he's doing stuff i should do stuff too it's uh, I don't know. I think especially when you're traveling, traveling, it's just really good to have that peace of mind where it's like every day I'm at least making these steps towards whatever overarching goal I have, you know? Right. Taking time to like move my body and then reflect and think about ideas and what I want to do with my set or whatever it is. I know. And the, I mean, how like engaging good every is it? day. What a privilege in Austin that we have that we have a set to go do. Like yeah. we're so privileged. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Like we're not, I mean not only like our comedians are privileged because they get to they get to do comedy or whatever, but like even amongst comedians like 95, 96, 7, 8, 9% of comedians right now just not performing comedy. No. No. And uh it's all just bonus. I mean it, and it gave us both this like giddy feeling. We like oh, dude, some of those days walking around to food trucks like high as hell in Austin. We were like, like we could never die. We were like <laughs> there was no downside to being here. And then of course we got back in we you know, we saw the negative aspects of comedy which were always there, but we had 
yes. pleasantly forgotten. And then we're like, oh, you're those old feelings. Do go on. Do yeah. go on. Tell me what, what you're talking about. Just, Hit me. you know, fucking having a bad set or dealing right. with people that run a show or a venue where you're like, oh, man, I don't like you at all. And <laughs> I got to deal with you now. Where it's like Who's that? when it was... <laughs> When it was just me and you hanging out as comedians, we were like, yeah, this is the best. I'm hanging out with my buddy. We're right. in a different town. We're just talking. And then you deal with other people. And you're like, ah, oh, they're in this business too. Aren't yeah. They? <laughs> it's, or, not a, it's not a Shangri-La. It's no, not it's, it, no, no, not at all. Um, but, still... yeah, I th- you know, at least we can hang out together and we choose to spend time together. And I think that's that's the cool part of it. There's some real good situations going on. I mean, usually, yeah. it's, usually it's very warm. I mean, it's cold now, so it's kind of... It's gonna help me uh, to focus when it's when it's warm again. I'm gonna be like this. Don't, don't take this for granted because it can yeah. go away. Yeah. Um, as a person who sleeps outside in a van, uh, are you really aware of uh, temperature? And I came down here for the comedy, but also for the. I needed to be in February. I needed to be somewhere where I could sleep outside. So yeah. I needed to be down here. That, yeah. that was part of the plan. Um, and now I cannot we're here go back north again. and it's fucking cold. No, I'm thinking about that too. Cause I was bringing my tent down and I was gung ho and it snowed the first night and I was like, I got this. And then the second night it was cold as shit as I packed up or second day it was cold as shit as I packed up my tent. And then I got to Texas and it was warm and I was, I was like, Oh no, I'm going to hang out here for a Just while. Found it. Yeah. Found and then it. it got cold here and I was like, well, it's going to be a million times colder everywhere else. So if it's cold here, here, yeah, yeah it's we're cold fucked. here. It's cold everywhere. Yeah. Um, you gotta cut out that silence. Oh, for sure. Don't worry. Snip, 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 <laughs> snip. Like I, every every I time halted. someone, when I listen to a podcast and it, it goes quiet, I assume I'm getting a phone call. Do you have that? <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm talking about? Where it it's like it's gonna like you're about to get that. Um, or if a song takes a jump. pregnant pause. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dude, there's a chance the rapper song "Summer Friends." Summer Friends, the volume of the song drops at one point, so it seems like you got a text message. <laughs> and I don't know why it does that. They but every you. time it happens, I'm like, text. Text. No, it's yeah, just it's, the sound engineering on that song. It's crazy how Pavlovic it is. Like, you don't even know what your brain is trained for. You don't, yeah. even, know what, you don't even know what subconscious thing is. I just saw a TikTok that said, uh, one of the, it's like, what stat r- lives rent-free in your head? And one guy was like, 98%. Of what you do is habit, ninety eight percent. Yeah. So like you are basically your habits. Like you have basically no free will. You are just like you know being dumped headlong Dude, into the thing you've already. That's why habits are like the most important thing. I it's know. like what do you do every day? What do you do every day? You are what you do every day. Yeah, yeah. And hey, it's like McConaughey said when, when he read the greatest salesman Woo! on earth. You gotta build great habits and become their slave. I'm thinking about that the oh, last two days. Build great habits and become their slave. Yeah, That's it's great. The part where he's talking about reading that book in his fraternity house. <laughs> the best. Called the greatest salesman in the world or on earth. I should read that too. I feel like I should read it too. Yeah. But then I feel like I'm aping too much of his life. I know, I know, and it's not. Where it's like it's okay to idolize you from an ironic distance, but if I get this book. Then I have to admit to myself that this is this is really what I'm trying to be like. Truly, the struggle of the McConaughey um, of the McConaughey 
whatever it is that uh, we're inspired by Matthew we, Yeah, but also we're comedians, so we know how stupid it. I know it seems, but we do genuinely love him. I know so I, much. I, I I listen to him on Rogan, and then I go, I gotta listen to this yeah. book. Uh, and I did, and I didn't. I don't know if I knew going in like, is this a joke that I'm listening to, this, or is this real? I think like if yeah. I was if I was in my early twenties, I'd be like, it is a joke. This is stupid. Yeah. Um, but now I can just admit, like your post, he's like, I'm sick of 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 pretending this guy is not my hero. Yeah, I'm sick of acting like I don't like what I like. <laughs> and you know what, Matthew McConaughey is good at that too. You know, you gotta you gotta grow up and admit what you actually identify with yeah you had to like you gotta you gotta you know don't betray your frequency your your frequency is gonna betray you yeah, yeah. and he's, he's not telling us anything we haven't heard from other sage individuals in the past you know what i mean it's a repackaging of all the principles we know and hold true where it's like work hard have a positive outlook you know take the negatives and spin them into positives yep. try to learn from every situation yep. and go into everything with an open heart and if you need to take a chance or take time to step away and recalibrate what you're going for make sure you know what you actually want so you don't get misguided on your journey in life and go down paths that aren't ultimately going to fulfill you breach and that but it's just repackaged from a cool guy that we like to see in movies growing 100%. up who lived ostensibly from what we can see a really cool fucking life best, where it's like well, if we're going to have to idolize something why not why not that why not that he's Seems like a good the, enough dude to idolize. There's something to the fact where it's like obviously, like even when Jesus Christ came along, he said very enough, very very little that was brand new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like love one another, whatever. I, someone told me that um, no one had been like so uh, into love your enemy before. That was new with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I guess. yeah. But very, I mean, like any guru, whatever, they're telling you stuff that you kind of already know, but you need to hear it again. There's yeah. no, you just can't. And there's a reason you need to hear it again. It's because it's not. Like that doesn't stick. That's yeah. not human nature. You need to hear things over. This is Absolutely. something I've been thinking about so much lately where it's like, I, you know, I've listened to all these podcasts and I've read these books and it's like, I need to re-listen to them. I need to reread them yep. because one time through, you're not going to, you know, you'll read it the first time and be like, wow, I got to remember that. You don't fucking, you don't remember it. You, you don't know? remember it. No, I go. I, 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 it's like, I never read some of this stuff. And he, that's something he talks about when he, when he read the greatest salesman uh, in the world or on earth or whatever is reading that book it was like one of the exercises was you had to reread a principle from it three times a day for a month or something like Whoa. that and there's like 10 principles and every day three times a day you have to reread the one principle for that entire month so, they're so it's like yeah it's internalized over and over again you internalize it you listen over and over again and you internalize it's it like it should become that's, unconscious i mean that's why fucking churches once a week once a week you know right. what i mean it's like right. you got to keep coming back you have to make this a living practice because it's not natural it's like you are it's like a bonsai tree or something like that it's like it wants to grow all over the place you have to clip it yeah. so it only grows in the one spot that exactly you want it to grow in and change is fucking hard it's hard to change as a person it's it's through constant pressure it's through constant revisiting and trying yeah. to trying to recalibrate and it happens slowly over time but you have to be consistent with it have you changed because you used to be like a, a drunk party man I mean, I still am. I, I don't know that that part of myself is completely reconciled. Gotcha. I'm still banging Kratom, smoking <laughs> weed. But I didn't used to be as good at writing. I didn't used to be as focused. I wasn't consistent with exercising and trying. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And if I was, it was to less of a degree than I am now. So it's like building on what you have over time and 
fleshing it out and letting it evolve. Yeah, I mean, you know? your your writing is uh, is fire. I mean, that one day, that one day, you, like you talk about your writing every day and uh, the smoking pot thing. It's like I already told you this, but that one day I um, got up, you know, hungry. I didn't do anything till like two o'clock. Then I smoked some weed in order to quote unquote write some jokes. Yeah. And I ended up not doing shit until. You know, then I went to a mic and then I stopped over at the show that you were doing and you got up first and you did um, like, I think it was either it was either all stuff I had not heard before and I had seen you go up like three days earlier mm-hmm. or it was like a new, it was all new. I was like, this motherfucker wrote today yeah. and you stood and delivered it um, and I was just like fucking inspired. It was inspiring. Really? Yeah. Monday. Oh, What's the Tango yeah. Foxtrot? Today's Saturday. It was on Monday. Um, inspiring, and that's, that's, I'm glad. I'm glad that you're around. I'm yeah, glad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad that you're around too, because you brother. also inspire me. I, I'm not Hit just me. saying Go it. Ahead. To th- no, you do. You say yes. <laughs> you say yes to shit, man, and you fucking listen to people, and you, you make people feel heard, and you're like, it's incredible to be around you in social situations. Because, like I said, I thought I was optimistic <laughs> and like gregarious, but you're fucking optimistic and gregarious, <laughs> dude. It's great. The first night we hung out when we smoked and we started walking around and that was just the way we, yeah. just the way you opened up to people and were so willing to just jump into conversation. It was fucking We great. had a magical evening. I had one of them. We had a magical evening where uh first it, night in Austin. The first night in Austin I was like me. I was like, let's get some barbecue. What do you think? And you're like, Yeah. And we walked to a barbecue truck, made friends with the barbecue food truck guy. Um, like I think smoke, we ended up coming back there and smoking weed with him later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ate there. We were talking about how great it was. We were on a fucking high. We walked. We t- we had like three or four interactions with like Austin people. And I don't they were know. all nice. They were so all so nice. nice. I mean, the food truck guy was great. We walked. I forget. We walked. We like talk. We like we're like walking around town, like being a part of the community. Everybody's so fucking nice here, and yeah. I realize it's because they're all happy. Like. Even yep. working like in the barbecue place, working at coffee shops, like yeah, things are good. I know. I'm making enough. I'm fine. Things are good. And they have common courtesy, which is uh, yeah. They have southern southern politeness, which is which is beautiful. You need it. Um, yeah. And when I was like, let me check out. Let's check out this uh, theater over here where they do a lot of comedy. We ended up going back to that theater like six times for open mics and shows. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And we talked to people in there. Um, yeah, and it's like when I'm on, when I'm on, I'm on. When I'm when I'm when yeah, I'm there, yeah. I'm there. I'm doing. And you it. were it, no, it was like a, it was a sight to behold. I was nervous about you not <laughs> liking me, so I was like, <laughs> I want to be game. I want to be game for all this. I was, I was like, because I was high, and I you know I get you think like, anxious, and I'm like, oh yeah. man, I suck. This guy fucking hates me. He doesn't even remember meeting me in Indiana. I didn't think um, that. Yeah, no. Yeah. We had we had, we had been in our. Barbershop quartet since exactly. then. Exactly, yeah. Uh, time had passed. Um, uh, where are we at? Where are we at? I don't Austin know. McConaughey. I mean, um, when did you read that book? I went up to upstate New York <laughs> with my Ithaca, roommate which in I Ithaca. Love Ithaca. It's, a, yeah. it's amazing. You taught there. Jordan, you yeah. You taught at my roommate's And I got to talk to Jordan about this about Lehman, the Lehman Alternative Community School. The, this school, school sounds in crazy. It's a publicly funded school. And that's important because you're going to hear some insane things and you're going to be like, oh, that sounds like a Montessori, private, yeah. whatever. Teachers are called by their first names. There's no letter grades. They do, do a narrative evaluation system where it's like, Michael was a joy to have in class. He exceeded expectations this year. His project on this was really good. He, he, he's attentive and he's got good habits and da-da-da-da. It's like a page about you. And I would try Whoa. to... 
weave in all the i would try to like make it like a report card work because like you know you did projects so i'd yeah. be like this project was good it showed a lot of promise and da, 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 da. i mean like he could work on his organization skills and like things he could work on whatever and it's like a one-page thing um and which is hilarious i think i heard jordan on the podcast say something about this where it's like and then you take that and you try to apply, apply to a college and they're <laughs> like what the hell is this figure painting <laughs> like, like i want some numbers you know um and i, th I think they do they will like assign you a grade if you need grades. You know, they, they, they'll ho they'll ho cobble together a GPA out really? of those things if they need. They need to. I mean, it's got to be. I hope they skew high. They like, skew yeah, high. Three point eight. Well, hey, if you don't believe in grades, you're pretty generous. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, <laughs> Give um, you a four point oh. How's yeah. that sound? One of the things I that like I it. invented, he hadn't thought of yet. My teacher hadn't thought of yet was like a person either you don't pass or fail. You either meet expectations or you do not meet expectations. Expectations for that class. But I would do, if a kid was really great, I would go, Michael Rowland exceeded expectations in this class. Exceeded. And that was the big innovation. Oh, yeah. He goes, that's great. It's like an A+. Plus. And I go, yeah. yeah, I thought of that. A+. Plus. <laughs> and now they use it at the school? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> there's no rules there. They, they, maybe he uses it. Maybe he rides a unicycle. There's yeah, no yeah, fucking, yeah. who knows? But you're up in you're up uh, you're upstate and you read the book Upstate? Or would you get it yeah, upstate? I just wanted, yeah, I just wanted to. I went up there to like read and get myself together. And then I read that and I was like... What am I just going to go back to New York and pick up moving jobs? I have enough money from unemployment. It's yeah. like, and I have a car. I might as well go see some shit. Right. It's and like I, I was like, and save my money. I'm going to buy a tent and I'm going to fucking get out in the great outdoors and fucking and chill and, and write and just have some time to myself and read a lot. You saw an opportunity and you're taking it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Green light. Green lights. So yeah, yeah. we're when, so yeah. Let's talk about your life before you read this book and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then after things were things were still on a pretty good trajectory. So the yeah yeah, yeah I mean like yeah. I had, just in terms of the month, couple months before that, I was like I had stopped drinking around Thanksgiving. Felt like I was in a pretty good spot with my family, where I was like really happy with how I spent my time with them over Christmas. Oh yeah, you were you described that. You said you were you guys were you were, like trying to be a good roommate and you're just trying to be like a good like hang. Yeah, like a good person, because I'm like almost 30 now, so it's like if I'm in my parents' house, the least I could do is be like a good roommate, like clean up after myself, yeah. don't be a dick, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like pull my weight and try to be as as nice as I would be to somebody I just moved in with, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And it made like all the difference. It makes all the difference if you stop acting like a child in your own home. And some people learn that at a super young age. Some people get there a little later, but it like made it made everything better. You're an adult. Yeah, that's yeah. 30. That's some 30 shit where yeah. it's like, listen, all the parenting that I was going to get, it's already all done. Now it's we're both done. adults and I'm just trying to relate to these people as adults, yeah. um, as an adult and like, you know, be like, how was your day at work? I mean, like something like that. Like I became that for my parents when I, when I was at home for a while. I'd be like, so how was your day? Ooh, mom had a tough day. Maybe I'll make dinner. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, totally. She doesn't want to make dinner now. I've been sitting around my ass all day. Yeah. Let me run to the grocery store for you. Can yeah, I get I you it, something? No problem. Yeah, shit yeah, like that. that. Yeah, of yeah. course. Take the dog out. Um, so yeah, how was the, uh, yeah, how was the quarantine for you? It was cool. Cause I liked my roommates and I spent a lot of great time with them. Um, played in the park a lot. You're near prospect park. Yeah. But we have a park by our place called St. John's park and it's awesome. Nobody else really knows about it. Nobody else in the comedy community really knows about it because <laughs> it's just deep in crown Heights. It's on, you know, the back end of crown Heights. The comedy community, like comedy community. People are often in parks. I don't understand. I don't know. You just don't have to run into anybody you don't want to run True. into. True. Yeah, yeah. Except yeah. for John Laster goes to that park. 
because he lives near there. So we would see him and always wave to him, me and my roommate Ethan. And you gotta have a park, dude. I gotta get out of Bushwick. Yeah, you have when to I go have, back to New York, I cannot be in Bushwick again. I hate you it. You have to have an outdoor space where you can go and tire yourself out and then and get some fucking sunlight. Yeah. Try to focus on like getting a tan. Nice. You yeah. know what I mean? And that made things a little better. And then also cementing good habits, like cementing a writing habit. That was like a big thing during quarantine. It's like I have the time, so I might as well. And then I fucking mainlined a shitload of TV like everybody else. Yeah. You I know? mean, but like there's but still, after I did the good you can stuff. do, you can do so many hours and it's still like without social obligations. Yeah. You have so many hours. It's in the insane. Fucking day. And, and like with no, there's no, um, travel time. No. Like even if you have a meeting with somebody, it's one hour on zoom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like you're, you have so much time. Yeah. Everyone got into cooking. Of course. Um, so before, <laughs> The, the face you made after that, the way you clutched your body. <laughs> I got transitions coming. Oh, what am I going to say next? Oh, God. Keep it going. Um, Would you consider this a good interview? 100%. You're no easy. way. You're lying. You're easy. It's okay. Well, there's different kinds of interviews, and it's tough to figure it out. Because I like the idea of um, an interview where I don't know much about the person, and I'm just yeah, digging. Of and course. Like, it's like I, I, Actually getting to know the person and finding out interesting things as you go yeah and listening and like that kind of stuff and i am good at that we've covered a lot of these points before exactly yeah um and like i like i like meeting a new person and be like what's your deal and like someone whose life is entirely different from mine and relating to them on stuff that was that like listening to them and be like oh i have that too even though we're even even though yeah even though you're a writer who lives in a cave and i'm a comedian who's traveling around we both love coffee shops you know like (laughs) love like a public space where you can just come and exist yeah yeah um uh, but it, there's different ones and like there's people who I know or it's kind of like I've had ones where it's like I used to know you very well I don't know your new life like a lot of my friends have new lives now yeah and they're like I have a friend who I knew in New York some of the creek all the time Michael, Michael Good and, and now he is um, living on, a, on his parents farm in Iowa like working on the farm wait Michael Good isn't he from Austin he he came up here in Austin he did oh, comedy shit, man. He, Austin was like his big move from Iowa to his, it was like a starter city, Austin, three or four years. And now he's living on the farm in Iowa. Now he's working. back in Iowa. Yeah. Holy shit! Exactly. And right? you wouldn't talk to him? Yeah, yeah. I stopped at the farm. We did it, and we did it in like one of his barns. Oh, dude, that's it, so cool. It was very cool. It was, it was awesome. And like, we, he was like showing me all the equipment. He's like pretty cool. Like he was bored by it. I'm like, it's a 30 foot tractor. Yeah, like There's like yeah. a, a full ladder to get up to the cab. You know what I mean? Like a six step ladder to get up to the wow. combine. You know what I mean? Um. And like that. So it's like, or like my friend, like Charlie Vergos, uh, he was in Chicago yeah, and yeah, New yeah. York. He's Memphis now too. back in Memphis mm-hmm. and he's working in back. He's back working at his, uh, his parents' chicken. Rib, rib shop. Yeah. Oh, no yeah. chicken. I think they have no chicken at all. Oh, really? It's I like thought it was ribs. a chicken place for some It's ribs, man. It's like barbecue ribs. Um, and he's saying he's like writing in a, writing in a journal. Uh, he's writing in his journal again. And he said like, he, he looked back at the journal from 10 years ago and he's like, I worked in the worked in the ship because they ship ribs I worked in the shipping kitchen with uh with pat and robert today and we talked about stuff and then he goes and i realized like that day like pat and robert are still working there and i was working with them again 10 Holy years later shit. <laughs> wow so that's another com- conversation like another type of conversation yeah. i mean like i i don't I, I don't know i mean i'm self-aware about what i want this podcast to be but like it's it's hard to make a theme for a podcast because there's hundreds of hours of material yeah. you know like so it's kind of like I think it's a little bit uh, whenever when people start one, they're always like, it's going to be 
favorite food cast. You do your top three favorite foods. We run them down. We talk about the ingredients. Yeah. And we end on the ideal date dish. You know what I mean? Like they have like a little thing for everybody. And I'm like, it's going to get old. Or you're going to want to break. You want to break. Depending on the person, you know, you're going to want to break it, you know. So I, I don't know what the, I try not to, um, the theme is I live in a fucking van. I'm driving around. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the theme. Talking to people. Talking to people. This that's is great. This is today in the life of the van guy talking to people. Like yeah. I'm talking to my friend Mike who I've been in Austin with for over a week. Hanging out. So um, don't worry. It's going to be a great interview. Dude, it's I think fantastic. it's been two weeks. <laughs> I think I've been here two weeks. I'm pretty sure. I'm serious. <laughs> I think I got here Saturday two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, it's two weeks today. That's so funny. I feel the same way. I'm like, I keep people like, how long have you been here? And I go, ah, more than a week for yeah. sure. Um, I think I got here on a Wednesday because I think I did Lucky Duck that first Wednesday. And I'm like, I think this was my fourth Lucky Duck last Wednesday. I think I'm in. Oh shit! I'm in. I think I'm into week four or week five now. Yeah. Um, can't leave. Just cannot leave. Cannot leave. There's no reason. We're gonna to leave go. soon. What's our fucking? Where are we going? We're going to Houston, baby. That's right. Yeah, I'm when like we, your tomorrow. I've become like your tour agent, which is. Uh, um, is that how you? Oh, I hate that. I'm well, sorry. I like it because you have credits, and so I can like it's like it's exciting to people. Like I'll be like I'm coming through, and they're like, "Who cares?" And I'll be like, oh, "My friend Michael Rowland, Comedy Central Comedy Seller, he's coming yeah, yeah, through." Yeah. And they're like, "Awesome, let's set it up." Not that not that like I wouldn't have gotten it but it's like fun because you need the setup too yeah yeah, yeah. And it's it's we, ben- it's mutually beneficial both, yeah yeah it's yeah. mutually beneficial which um, i'm down for even though i'm not i'm just I, i'm trying to grow in that thing so i'm not the i'm not usually the organized plan planning guy yeah me neither yeah so it's like and few comedians are but it, it, it's i think if you can get a little bit of that you can be like the one-eyed man in the kingdom of the blind you totally know what I mean? like Ooh. you can thank you yeah, yeah. um Kurt Vonnegut says if you do anything if you do a half-assed job of anything you're a one-eyed man in the kingdom of the blind um, really? Yeah, because most people don't try. Even comedians, they don't, they're not, they're not like trying very hard. Yeah, I found. To, um, I don't know. No, Neither I, am I. I mean, no, I think you're. I mean, dude, this is like one of the biggest chinks in my armor is actually setting stuff up for myself. I'm always just like, I'll focus on the material and it'll come. But but a lot yeah, of times, some nerd will do it for you. That's yeah, the thing yeah. is, like, people who are good at this and they. It's like, you know, we meet guys here sometimes who, um, with that guy Gabe, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just a producer. I yeah, produce I just love producing company. shows. And we're like, what's up, man? Like, what's yeah. your deal? Why like, you? you're rare. Like, you know, like, everyone's out for their own <clears throat> glory trying to do comedy. Like, it's yeah. not special at all. Um, that's interesting. If you're, like, like, I met a producer guy in, in Denver, and I've been talking to him ever since because, like, I don't want to lose that. Yeah. Contact. Like, you know, it's a guy who does, who produces comedy, and he likes my comedy. Like, that's a friend for life. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fucking great. Someone who's just a little bit organized mm-hmm. and like they can. Right. And is a fan of you. Great. It's like, let me, let me do this. Yeah. The world needs to see you. Oh, like, wow. That's what you need. That's where, I mean, that's what the industry should be made up of is people who want to just like help. Um, yes, yeah, so we're going to go to Houston on yeah, uh, Houston. Tuesday. We got to pick out an Airbnb. We're going to do that today. I forgot about that. Okay. Um, I'm with that. Yeah. Sucks. It just sucks. I uh, like, Having to, it's let's grab out the van. Is having to find a place to stay is the worst part of this thing. Yeah. Even setting up shows is fine, not that bad. But then it, it, you end up, you hit up a guy for a show and then you go, Hey, can I also stay at your place? And it's like, Yeah, man, fine. <laughs> like, it's so much on that guy, yeah, or person, whoever. <clears throat> it's too much to ask. And I hate asking for anything. Me too. And this is a huge, it's a huge benefit. Like, to have it is you gotta learning to ask i i've been finding is such a big thing it's something i have to like keep relearning i feel like 
but the, yeah, I think it's okay as long as you know you can handle what you're asking for and you know it's right for you. Yeah. And you're willing to take the no if it yeah. is a no. But if it's I'd love a no sometimes. Yeah. How about a no? Just like, oh, okay. So much ignoring. Sure. Yeah. So much ignoring, and I go, did they not get it? Or did they not want me to be on the show? Yeah. I hate it. But um, I love asking. And when you ask and you get a yes, fantastic. It's so it's it's so worth it. It is so worth asking 10 people to get one Sometimes thing. Sometimes I forget when I first came to New York, like all I did was like email, like, hey, can I do your show? Can I yeah. do your show? <laughs> and you send out like 50 emails and you get like seven responses where they're like, yeah. Yeah, and I know. Like, oh, okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Right. And then it starts to build up. But it's not the instant it's a problem because it's not instant gratification. No, it's not. It's like it's work and it's like but ego depleting. It's one of those things that you can at least look back and say, well, I did it. You know what I mean? I sent out all the emails like I said I would. And that's its own small sense of accomplishment. I know. Try to you try to have that be the accomplishment, but it's just not. No, there's no rush there. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're in it for the rut. I think it's like. We're wired for instant gratification, which all people are. But I think, um, especially um, people who are into comedy, like that's all you like. Part of what you like about it is like I say something and then instantly rewarded yeah. on a sentence to sentence basis. I think in some ways we're prepared for not so instant gratification, where we have to work out bits and we have to let things ruminate for a long time. So there's ways that we get. It feels like instant gratification because we finally say it on stage and it's like we like it or we don't like it. Right. The space between you delivering it and your response is really small. But, mm. you know, you can take however much time before you deliver the thing, which is, you know, it can take years to actually oh, formulate yeah. a good idea or a great set that's going to get you all the gratification. I don't know. <laughs> All the credit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Wait. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to. Talk, I wanted to hear about the. Um, yeah. So before um, COVID hit, were you? You were like not working, and you're working at the cafe, or no? No, no. I was making quit. all my money doing comedy. Love it. I was waiting anxiously to get my set times at the comedy cellar, and just yeah. like, does she hate me? Does she like <laughs> me? Please. Oh, I only got two this week. She fucking hates me. I got none this week. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna, so I, I was like on that me. roller coaster, which that's another thing you forget about when you're like, man, I miss comedy. And then you remember all the some good of the emotional comes, turmoil. All the good comes on the bad. Yeah. Yep. I, I remember my first set back after eight months. I was like, that was great. And then I go, you know, a lot of my writing is kind of derivative and kind of just like I, I feel like I'm kind of just like charming my way. Yeah, through yeah, some yeah. Of these, I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah. All that self-criticism is back too. that is one of the things that was nice about being here in Austin, because it felt like. We were really stoked about it, and then we remembered some of the downside, but we were able to see it for what it was and be like, maybe we approach it better this time. Maybe at it's least a new start. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we don't let it send us into the same spirals, and because this is you know this whatever downside of this is something we're gonna have to deal with for the rest of our time in this business. So yeah. we might as well get better at, at dealing with it and having a stronger, more constructive emotional response to it right because you had that intermission and you came back and yeah. now you're like oh it is the same yeah, same yeah, yeah. shit like we 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 went and waited at an open mic and signed oh up for the fucking God. open mic and we walk out and you're like 
we got to figure this out. And I was like, <laughs> we need to figure out like what we're going to eat. And you're like, no, 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 no. We got to figure out this whole thing. We cannot be getting up at these. This is like, because we, we like walked in there and then everyone caught us in line and we were like 35th in the open mic. And yeah, yeah. It was like, it was bad. It was like 25th. And, uh, and it was like, we had no control over when we were going to go up. Yeah. And it was going to be bad from the beginning anyway. It's and not we're good surrounded by time. a bunch of new comics that are just saying shit. And we're just like, oh man, forgot about this. No good. Yeah. Just running bits on you, and all that kind of stuff. Just like the guy who's a first one year in who thinks he's like tell, he's giving you advice, and you're just like, okay, oh, yeah. thank you. Oh yeah, you walk in. You, I hear Joe Rogan from one end of the room, and I hear Joe Rogan from the other end of the room too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're obsessed with Joe Rogan here. <laughs> they love. It. It's like not even obsessed. It's like not even. It's just like it's just like it's his name is constantly being said. Yeah, it's, it's like, always around. Um, it's a little much. Um, and like. It's a funny cause it's a certain strain of comedy. I keep talking about com- comics, talk comics about this Austin strain of comedy, what? like the offensive, um, oh, anti woke. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, it's a because it's not. It's like it's doubled down. I think because it's Austin, so it's the Rogan people, Rogan fans, and right. like the Rogan uh, extended the Rogan cinematic universe. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, other yeah. podcasts who are like like him or whatever. I, I don't know, uh, which is fine. It's great. I listen to a lot of them. Who cares? Whatever. But yeah. like. That plus the COVID, not COVID denial, but like people who don't give a shit about COVID, or they're out. Yeah. Everyone who doesn't care about COVID is out, and most people who care about it even a little bit are not out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have that kind of person who's like, "Fuck them." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is out. They're yeah. all out doing yeah. open mics, and so we're hearing racist jokes and slurs and transphobia um, at the open mic level, which is really hard. To which hear. is yeah, some of it pretty funny. Some no, of it's hey, no, some no, of it's no. okay. A I lot, mean, but so much of it is. It's just like, oh my god, y'all are just beating a dead horse out here, dog. So boring. <clears throat> You're dying on the wrong hill, brother. So boring. Yeah. yeah so annoying. Yeah. Um, it's but it's. I mean, I do remember all that stuff from when I started. Also, where it's like, I think back then when I started, it was a lot of people that loved like Stanhope. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I'll finger fuck a herpes infested. Bitch, and you're just like, whoa, and they get off like, yeah, I really told the truth up there. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't like the truth tonight. Yeah, they didn't but. like the truth tonight. Oh, that's so funny. They couldn't handle the truth tonight, huh? I thought you guys wanted the dark stuff. It's like, yeah, we wanted dark humor, yeah, but not just dark stuff. Yeah, we wanted a punchline in there, buddy. Um, but yeah, we're, you're back to that thing where, and then you're like, and that guy's up and you're like, this is the guy who's going to decide if I'm going to get the spot or not. Yeah. Like, yeah this yeah. is the guy. This is the guy who's supposed to be the tastemaker around town. Oh boy. That is hard. Um, and, uh, right. The same cycles of like, well, who, fuck him. Who cares? And then I go, well, Terrence, you have to care because they're, this is, these are your, these are your, yeah. these are your, um, comrades. These are your cohort. This mm-hmm. is your, these are your coworkers. This is your, like your colleagues. Um, uh, you have to care about what's going on here, and I go. But I don't, I don't care. I don't. I hate them all. And then it's like, but no, you have to. These are you have to. You know, you have to like get to know them, like them, figure yeah. it out. Um, and all that, all of it's coming back is the is the through line. I guess it's all coming. Back. It's all coming back to me now. But we're better now. We're stronger. Yeah, I like the we're idea equipped. of yeah. You focus on the important stuff, which is like you know audiences. As I said, instead of a small group of comedians. Yeah. Um, and like different stuff will make them laugh. And I'm, I don't want to, I know that like whatever, um, you know, you can't blame the audience or whatever, but it's like, you should take some stock in what they're laughing at. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's, I mean, I used to be that way where it's like the audience is always right, which is a good rule of thumb when you're starting Mm -hmm. out. Definitely. But then you get older and you realize more of the nuances of it and you're like, okay, I don't need to take 
if you know you, your set didn't go well with a certain audience, you're like I don't need to take this as hard as I'm taking it. No, you don't at they, all. They don't need to be the judge of it. I mean, like no. audiences are right, but mm-hmm. every audience is not right. Yeah, um, and I think, at least in my own experience, the I feel better when I do take the audience into account. Obviously, you want to do well. Yeah, but. I know I have my own standard of when I did well. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And when I feel good about a set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, has, it has been fun to um, to watch you go up at some of these, at the bigger shows that are here, the outdoor shows, and like, and like, like you did really well, but you'll come off and be like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about this or that. And it is like fun to dissect that yeah. with and you. Then the ones where it's like, from the outsider's perspective, it was like an okay set, but I get off and I'm like, fuck yeah. Did a bunch of new stuff and exactly. it like exactly and it worked and I liked it. And and I, I didn't apologize it. for it and I just kind of delivered it like it yeah. was an, like it was an established joke. They couldn't tell the difference between the old stuff and the new mm-hmm. stuff. Huge victories. And I stayed in it. I didn't say some pithy thing like, "Oh, you didn't like that one." Yeah, <laughs> I guess there's a lot of dentists in here tonight. Yeah, I yeah. was like laughing. Like, this guy gets it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that one was for you, sir. You like that one. The rest of you can fuck off. <laughs> Fuck the hell off. Um, when do you start getting into really good shape? Because you're in incredible shape, for the record. Um, Beautiful lines. Thanks, brother. That's what make a hamburger. That's what make a hamburger. <laughs> I don't know. This past week at Austin, I feel like I've, I've eaten a lot of crazy shit, and I can see it. the definition is quickly depleting. Um, I don't know. I've always been in okay shape, but I was always drinking too yeah yeah which which definitely holds you back from getting defined or cut because i would drink and then eat a bunch of wild shit and the yeah the beer itself but over quarantine it was like that was one of the things i was doing every day was was exercising and then when i cut out booze and i had built up that exercise habit and started using it to sort of replace some of that i guess what serotonin or that's the good from from not drinking it like and using it as a drug yeah and like using it when i was back home as a way to clear my head and stuff like going on long runs and stuff like that to work yourself out and calm yourself down so it was definitely i mean i didn't get in this type of shape until the last like two months yeah you're crushing it my god you're in great shape too though you seem like you've always been in great shape thank you very much yeah Um, i've always been it's easier for me to be thin Mm -hmm. like my dad is still thin and he eats garbage too like he's you know like i got pretty good genes um, and I always been in good running shape and I did mar- did the marathon, um, in 2017, which you didn't marathon. know until yesterday. Not marathons. I think I'm a marathon runner. I'm a marathons uh, runner. Those yeah. people were psycho. But, um, <laughs> um, and after that I started doing more, I was always intimidated by the guys who lifted weights. I was just always yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. not that guy. And then there's a thing where it's like, why aren't you that guy? Why not? Yeah, why not? You can, anyone can just go and do those things and then you can have that body. And it's like, uh, there's... There's simple. It's like it's easier than you think. It's easier yeah. than everybody thinks. Like, yeah. To get into okay, like everyone's like, like you know, like Kumail Nanjiani gets an incredible Crazy. shape, yeah. and then everyone's like, it's easy when you have a personal trainer and a dietitian. And, da, da, da. and it's yeah. like, yeah, but you can get halfway there with like very yeah, rudimentary but nutrition. But with the basics, with fucking exercising regularly and like eating the right shit, you'd be very happy with the results if you just tried. Like, yeah, that's what my yeah, friend yeah, like yeah. literally do twenty pull-ups a week. And you see what see what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. You see what'll happen. You'll see like you'll see those weird uh, liney muscles like near your ribs. Like you get, right? yeah, you get like weird lines, and it's just like oh, that was not that bad. You know, yeah. Like, you just push it a little bit. Exactly. You push it a little bit further. Yeah. 
every time. You know what I mean? You don't have to fucking kill yourself every time. You want to be able to do it consistently. Yeah, that was my big thing in the gym too. Is like I don't want to do just do enough where you can you can still come back tomorrow yeah. and do it again. And so don't don't go crazy and then get sore and can't do shit for a week. Yeah, and do it even when it's bad. Do a little something. Yeah, it's just like writing when you're bad when you're doing bad writing. At least you're writing. Right, and it's not like I wrote today. It's yeah, like, today was another day where I wrote. Some of it was bad. Less some impressed, was more involved, baby. Less impressed, more, more involved. involved. There's so much. There's so many little things, and I thought that I got all the good things out of that book, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> um, I thought I got all the good things out of that book, but then uh, then you'll bring something up either either because it's full of both. Um, great life advice and yeah. just insane, insane stories. stories. You're like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> A treehouse 100 feet up. Eat my ass. That's what I didn't even remember. You're like, you think dude. the treehouse is really 100 feet up? And I go, I haven't even thought about that, but no. I no, don't. no. I think he lied. I think dude, it was just somebody, high. I made that post about that book, and somebody was like, I read it. You remember the part where he pissed out of a hole in the bottom of the van? And I was like, no. Not only. He pissed out of a hole. In he the installed a, a hole. hole in order to. So I could, so I could, I could use the bathroom without pulling over or something like. Like he just like says stuff like that where you're like, what? What? <laughs> he really is a guy that's like, I'm gonna do exactly what I want, and judgments be damned. And he has all of the charisma and confidence, and zero. It seems to me, like self. What's the word? Self consciousness. He's not self conscious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't like. Even with like stuff that he might, he should be self conscious about. Like, I, like okay, how about like the one his uh, his dad wants to roll pipe with Rooster, yeah, or whatever his brother, and he's like, we're gonna roll pipe tonight. Roll pipe means going and stealing a bunch of pipe yep. and then selling it. And Rooster is a legit pipe salesman, and uh, he goes, uh, we're gonna go, we're gonna roll pipe tonight. And, and Rooster's like, well, where are you gonna roll pipe from? And he goes, how about Mr. Cumberland's place? And uh, they're like, Mr. Cumberland, that's our number one customer. We can't. I just sold a bunch of pipe to him. I can't steal can't that pipe. Can't roll his pipe. Can't roll his pipe. And then, uh, and then his dad's like, "We're gonna do it, or you're gonna have to fight me." And guess what? Rooster fights him. Yep. He ends up hitting his dad in a drunken brawl with a two by four. And I'm waiting for the part where McConaughey goes, "Now that's bad parenting." Yeah, yeah. I wish my dad didn't do that. My dad's maybe kind of a bad guy for doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he just goes, and that was the day Rooster became a man. Like he just like says stuff like that. Okay. In in terms of the self consciousness, I wonder if that <clears throat> came with age, though, because he's over fifty. Yeah, yeah. At a, and he's been journaling the whole time, and it seems like whether he went in depth about it or not, you know, he had his dark night of this, his dark nights of the soul. I and that's what I doubt, though, Michael. You think? I feel like this I man is an experiment with. Um, Kervonga says that every Kervonga says that every person is an experiment with something. It's it's. It's because uh, we're we're evolving, right? So yeah. nature makes experiments, and I think that Matthew McConaughey is, is nature's experiment with what if a guy had all the confidence and didn't question himself one time? I don't, dude. I don't believe that that, that there's that's no evidence. How it for this, there's no evidence for himself. Well, being self-conscious. I think I think there that there is evidence because he, I went in the interview I listened today. He sort of let it come out that when he was journaling, he's like, at first I only journaled when I was in a state of turmoil about what is my life, what does it mean. This girl broke my heart, and I said, oh, that's interesting. He briefly copped to a girl breaking his heart, something he never cops to in the book. Yeah, it makes yeah, it yeah. seem like he's just been wandering around breaking hearts until he, <laughs> until he found his fucking wife. And obviously he wants to be perceived in a certain way, and he doesn't want to ruminate too long on his, on his losses because his losses turn into green lights in some way. Right. But 
he is a 50 year old man that has accomplished a lot of what he set out to accomplish yeah and there's everything you won an academy award there's going to be self-assurance that that comes with that that i don't think was always there and also he dedicated himself to reading the principles in that book and internalizing them and i do think that those were like the guiding principles that carried him through you know yeah okay. whatever negative headspace he might have found himself in I think it's presumptuous to assume he didn't. I would have liked a little bit more like, and, and, and of course I was nervous, and I thought I was nothing and nobody. But also, yeah. No, you're right. I, I wanted I would that, relate too. To that it's more. like you could be a little more human about this. How much? But we're also comedians, and we're trained to be like, but we suck. Yeah, exactly. We're like, you always have to have this. I, I said all that, but also, I suck. Yeah, I'm exactly. I'm kind of stupid, so. And there's not, yeah, there's not an ounce of that, which is kind of yeah. cool. And it's kind of like we are around people all the time who are doing that. All the time. All the time. I'm doing and it so, all the time. Me too. Me too. Um, and uh, and it, it is kind of, that's what is kind of cool. It's the aspirational thing. It's like, what if I just, like, existed? What if yeah. I just, And I like, stopped apologizing for myself. Yeah, stopped apologizing In order to make myself. other people comfortable. And instead of being more, because on, it, you could argue that it is you being you impressed with yourself that you feel the need to demean yourself because oh I'm so great how I don't want this person to feel bad yeah as opposed to just engaging with that person and giving the benefit of the doubt to them and yourself and well, just exactly. being yourself well that's the thing is I think we're we are all we're all like I mean as comedians it's like it's a funny thing because you're you're constantly being humbled but you in order to keep getting up and keep doing it you have like a little voice that's like. Terrence, you're the next big thing. Yeah, 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 totally. You're the next big thing. I, engage, I, I think about this. I try to like write it in my journal. I was like, you're going to be one of the greats. You're going to be one of the greats. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And you need it. Right That's after so I write, I smoked pot again. Oh, wow. I'm a feeling piece of shit. trapped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're the next big thing. Yeah, yeah. I know, but like, right. Uh, you have to have those things. And it's like, what if you just, you know, like, f you know, feed one of those voices a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. Because which like, wolf do you feed? Which wolf do you feed? You know, uh, the that wolf, is what I was thinking. Of yeah. course, the wolves. Yeah. Um, Everybody knows the wolves. Yeah, the wolf, the wolf that gets nervous at night. Or <laughs> the, wolf. <laughs> the wolf that's all happy in the day. <laughs> happy day wolf, nervous night wolf. Which one are you going to feed? And I do think that that I mean that level of um, not self. It's like uh, it's fair to say I have enough self questioning. I don't need to learn self questioning yeah, yeah, yeah. from Matthew McConaughey. So also, um, that's yeah, what's great about it. You can, and I uh, there's something he was talking about where it's like I was thinking about that when we were in Austin. I was like, things are so good now. Something's got to go wrong. Huh? And huh? it's like, you know, sometimes you think that way and you make stuff go wrong or you put up your own limits because you self-sabotage yeah when it's like bad things are coming anyway you're gonna get humbled at some point anyway life is going to not yes. you don't have to do it to yourself you don't have to shit on yourself life's gonna shit on you 100 and it's gonna become part of your being you're gonna be able to it's gonna give you some grace exactly you, you have to act have like to, a, yeah don't self-sabotage i just talked to a guy the other day i was like are you on unemployment and he goes actually i was then my computer broke and i just didn't um i know i didn't it was harder for me to sign up for the for the, the the check each week, you know, yeah. And so I just was just like, uh, I'm I don't I don't need that money. I'm not gonna take that. Money. I don't need that money. And it's yeah. like that was just that's just like not claiming your unemployment that you are entitled to by law. Yeah. And like just being like, yeah, I don't deserve it. Da, da, da. That's like crazy self sabotage. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Um. And he even even as he told me, he was like, and I know I should do it. And I'm like, you should do it. And he wasn't gonna. Yeah. Like you should do it. You should get back on it. Like you should be claiming that money. It's yeah. free money. And like, and like, 
you think that like oh it's like he thinks like i don't deserve it, it and sounds, like I'm like doing... it sounds like guilt for sure where it's 100%. like oh i'm just milking money from the system and like but don't i was like don't worry they'll get the money back gonna get it back yeah <laughs> this is, that's what i because i felt the same way i was like maybe i shouldn't be doing this maybe i should it's kind of fucked up and then i had to be like no 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 oh yeah Nah. They'll yeah, it's the it's, government. You're I not, will yeah. You can crash in the government's couch. You couches forget as long every as you time want. you buy something at a store, they're getting they get money. They're getting money. They'll be fine. Yeah. The United States government will be more fine than anyone who's ever lived. Like you can give them we less sympathy. Know. No, I mean like they're it's the most powerful government in the history of human beings. Yeah. Um they have enough money. They have the money. We're about to be. Give me some of the money. Aren't we about to exceed our debt or something? With the yeah, whatever. Series? I saw a TikTok about debt, actually, so I'm, I'm kind of relieved about debt. <laughs> actually, uh, 85% of the national debt is owed not to foreign countries, but to American people. Oh, really? I don't know how, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't so know we're, how. Oh, it all balances it's out. Thought, like, they, someone's like, we, and, and uh, he's like, who do you think we owe it to? And, he, and then he's like, you just said China, right? It's not China. It's it's four percent of the debt is owed to China. Do you think? Do you think we're selfish because we read Matthew McConaughey's book instead of like a book on civics and how our fucking maybe government works? And I mean, this government sucks. Something anyway. in terms of our uh, civic duties. How political did you get this year? I mean, pretty political. I mean, I would just get emotional because both my parents voted for Trump. Whether my mom likes him or not, she's like, I just, you know, I don't like what the Democrats are doing. You know, she's on her bullshit. Yeah. Love my mom. But my dad, oh, God, he's like a <laughs> fucking wall. I, uh, I, you know, certain aspects of that I don't want to be like. But it was like every time Trump did something bad, it was like this visceral emotional response where it's like my parents did something bad. So yeah. I felt I felt very engaged. I felt very emotionally invested in outcomes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I feel like. It feels like, did you want to get more politically engaged this yeah, year? Yeah, but I, I also struggle with, like, taking a stance on something without doing the proper research, and then I don't have the stamina or the willpower to do the proper research. Or maybe I just don't honestly care enough deep yeah. down, but I want to believe I do. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I'm, like, always pretty cagey about my opinions on things other than, like, the obvious and because I honestly don't know policy, policy, how I stuff. feel about things. And, you know, you rely you rely on um, intermediaries to give you the information and you are looking at biased information. I mean, yeah. like liberally, you know, Democrat biased stuff. I mean, like all your. And then, no, but I would listen to conservative shit, too, just nice. so I knew how to argue my parents because they would eventually argue those same points <clears throat> so i would listen to like fucking ben shapiro that was what i was doing i was, I was cool. like i got like a subscription to like bloomberg business week and like fucking um good for the you, economist man. and i would listen to like ben shapiro and like the economist radio but then i found i only had so much of a fucking tolerance for it because it would weigh me down so much and i would like call my mom and we'd argue and i'd be like if you vote for trump i don't know if i could come home for Christmas, like, yeah, wow. try, like setting these, like, what do you call it? Um, ultimatums. Yeah. Yeah. Conferring with my sister. Like, what do we do? We can't let mom. Is all, are all the Trump. kids? Uh, not all the kids are liberal. And then both. Liberal, part, yeah. yeah. And then most of my cousins are pretty conservative. I have like one cousin that I know isn't who lives here. My cousin, Brad. And yeah, all Trump supporters, as far as I know, I don't know about a couple of them. 
Um, so it was always, yeah, it felt like this pressing argument that I had to have with my family as a whole. And I would think about that, like what I would say to my family when I saw them, because I was like, you know, this is part of my responsibility. I have to write most people like have these talks. But then I realized I didn't know enough to have an effective talk. And it ended with me yelling and being like, why don't you see things the way that I see them? And I'm still trying to reconcile that. And I still don't know how to bring people over to my side on stuff. With stuff outside of politics. You know what I mean? And people are like, you can't change people that don't want to change. I'm like, but maybe we're just not trying hard enough. Maybe we just don't fucking know enough. So that's something I'm trying to figure out, even outside of politics on the whole, just like how to make my family a better unit and how we can better get our shit out on the table. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. I mean, like, and people can be convinced. Like, sometimes you hear somebody and they go, like, once I heard that guy say that. Yeah. Like, they talk about one. It's always like an anecdotal or personal thing. It's like people were against gay marriage until they met a gay person who just wanted to get fucking yeah, married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I want Brad to get married. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if people say other people can't be changed just because they don't want to be bothered with all the trouble that it takes to actually change them. Which I get because I look at, like, trying to change one of my family members, which maybe is not is not even a good way to look at it. I don't know. But that's the, that's the goal, right? To have them see things the way I see them and make a change that I think would be beneficial in their right. life. And there's got to be a way to do it. I know. I know. There's like, got to be a way to, like, hit that woo way and be clever about it. Being clever. Alan Watts talks about that. Them. Talks about, you know, woo way, the lay- like, being clever about it. Not trying to force things, but to cleverly manipulate a situation yeah, so right. that somebody comes over to your side and they don't even realize that they did it. Oh, of course. Well, I mean, like, and the worst way to do that is by yelling your opinion at somebody. Which like. is what I end up doing now. Of course. Yeah. Um, we had talked about that where it's like, where it's like, how do you change someone who you know their behavior is not working for them? How do yeah. you... And they won't admit it to themselves. Oh, right. I, I yell when I think about right. it. Exactly. Which is not good. Which is not good. Exactly. And it's not the... Right. And it's... Uh, you get more lies with honey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, and uh, it's... Yeah. Like, you can't convince people. I don't know. One of these... One of the things I wanted to do was, like, go and talk to conservative people. This, like, earlier this year, I was like, I'll drive around the country and talk to these people who are conservative. Yeah. And, like, just, like... Just to like meet them on their level and be like, what do you care about? Like, what's your number one issue? I mean, like, what do you actually want? I wanted want to do this with country? my cousins. I still want to do it on yeah. this trip, is like, go stay with my cousins and be like, so what's up? And what's so refreshing is they care about the same things you do. They want the same country that you do, in yeah. a, to an extent. They want people to be, they want people to be fed yeah. and healthy and clothed, and they want, you know, things to be running smoothly. They want people to have jobs. It's yeah. like, so we all have these same goals. It's just about how. So it's kind of nice because, um, you go in being like, they want poor people to be dying in the street. Right. And it's not true. Um, I have one conservative friend, and actually this kind of, it's kind of backfired, because I was like, what's your number one issue? And he's like, free speech. Um, and I was like, who fucking cares? Or like, it's going to be <laughs> fine. Like, I think it's like, I was just like, oh, okay, we just have different points of view. Like, he thinks that like, PC culture is going to shut down free speech to the point that we can't express ideas, right. and then we won't be able to advances civilization because you know it's about the market of ideas blah 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 and it's like we have all these blockages and it's free speech and it's gonna lead to our downfall and it's gonna be fascism stuff you can't say and whatever and i go and i go and i was like okay real quick medicare for all he's like sure yeah. i'm like 
the stimulus checks is like sure um like all this stuff and i was like okay well then what i, I, I was prepared to argue on those points but yeah. like you just care about like um liberals being like you know making sure that everyone is using the right pronouns he's right. bad about that and i'm like i don't even know how to engage with you on that level it's just yeah, like yeah i was you were prepared for a different fight thank you you were you had your vision of whoever that person was in your head and you were ready to argue them on that topic right and it's like they there's wedge issues right like abortion is a wedge issue and they and they and they say wedge because it's it's like it's like once you stick that in it's like there's no getting you're wedged over to one side or the other there's no like there's no they pick stuff where there's no gray areas you know what I mean? so it's kind of like it's like well there's one side wants to kill babies one side is against it so yeah. uh i'm going with the babies you know like it's like that's what my grandma does she's a one issue voter and it's like what are you gonna what are you gonna do argue with her on that you really can't yeah because uh, you're wedged apart i don't know um do you think you're gonna keep being like what where, one of the things that's interesting right now is what's gonna happen to all that trump political energy in this post-trump I world. I don't know, but it's like something I worry about. What makes you worried about it? What do you mean? Just the idea of people sort of radicalizing, radicalized white supremacy groups. I I actually really worry about um, Trump coming back for another run. Sure. I really worry about. I've never. I mean. Even after it was confirmed that Joe Biden won the election, I still remember being like, stuff could still happen. Everybody was like, "We did, it's over. He he won. I was like, but stuff can still happen. And then the fucking Capitol thing happened. Mm. And that, you know, fed my ego. Where I was like, see, something's still True. happening. And now I still feel like something's still going to happen. And Yeah. Everyone, the 74 million people who voted for him are still there and they're pissed off, you know. Yeah. And like someone's going to be... Someone's going to be there to lead them to something. Yeah. And I'm still worried because it was like after Trump lost and I went home for Christmas, I had all these plans. You wore your victory sash. To, you the big, uh, I didn't want to be I didn't want to rub it in their face, but I had plans of like we're going to have these hard conversations. And then I got there and I was just so relieved to not have Trump in office and not have that connection of you guys voted for him. Therefore, your party to all this stuff. Like, I forgot. Like, it fell out of my head. Whoa. And we just had, like, this nice time as a family where it wasn't one of the... It was... I didn't I didn't really think about it. Huh, and you could huh. say that is privilege. I mean, yeah, that is. But at the same time, I was so relieved to just have a normal sort of nice time with my family. But since then, I haven't talked to them more about it. You know, we haven't talked about politics on the whole because I'm worried to find out what they actually think. Yeah. And again, I'm worried to like confront that little, I don't want to say demon, but you know, whatever negative karmic energy is over there. <laughs> over there in that, in that, in those political discussions. That yeah. He has yeah. With yeah, my family and the hard discussions to come, because I know it's never gonna, you know, not be part of it part of the family dynamic i know but it's like yeah he was so rude and in your face about yeah so it. against everything that my parents claimed to stand for that was the thing i Ooh, harped on about is just nice. the all the that, and that was the thing i would argue with my mom about is like he goes against every moral standard that you instilled in us as children nice so the fact that he's in office and that you voted for him is an impeachment on your own character and it calls into question everything that 
and all the examples that you set for us when nice. we were kids. And that really hurt my mom. That's good. That's a good argument then. It was the best <laughs> argument I had because it was the fucking, it was truly how I felt about it. But she was like, but, and she would argue back. Like she started arguing back about her parenting style. Where it was like, you guys struggled as kids and I never wanted y'all to feel that in the house. I fucking loved the shit out of you. I love you so much. And I would never not come and see you because of a way that you voted. And I was like, I understand that. But also these circumstances feel But you did different. go and see her. I did, yeah. but it was because by one, I don't know what I would have done okay, with Trump at one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. It would have been a different a different Christmas entirely. Darker. Oh, dark, yeah. What do, you, do you think that like it's going to change? I mean, it's going to change comedy in the next four years, right? I'm, I, I just keep trying to figure out what it's going to be like. It's going to be different. Because it was different from Obama to Trump. You noticed that. I like, I like telling these Joe Biden jokes. Oh, me too. I feel too. like nobody's nobody's doing it. I know, them and it's I know right there. He's not that remarkable. That's no, the problem. But, but he's he's got some funny shit about him. So good. Where you can just you could just hit those, and it's like it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. It's like, oh yeah, it's stuff we all know about him, and, and it can be funny. Oh yeah, fantastic. which is nice. I love the Joe Biden stuff. I think it's less divisive to make fun of Joe Biden, which is cool. Yeah, because also because no one room. was like no one is no one was wearing a Biden T-shirt a year ago. Yeah. No. Not a person. Not one. I mean, like, maybe Joe and Jill, but I don't think any... I mean, like, for real, like, I have one friend who in 2015 was like... When Trump got elected, he was like, I want Joe Biden to be next president. I have one friend who is, like, from Bi- Biden from the beginning. Really? Yeah. What I, and I'm surprised. I still don't understand why. Um, he's like a West... He's like what I think of as like a, like a West Wing sort of liberal where it's like... We got to work together. I like we that. We have to be like it's America. It's about coming together in the middle and getting things done. Which was Joe's. Which was Joe's platform. Yeah, which I also appreciated. Yeah. I remember appreciating his whole campaign platform, being like, oh, I can get down with this. It's dude, all man. right. It's fine. Yeah. I that mean, that like, being said, I don't know about the overarching because I have friends that post on Instagram and I follow their stuff, and they're like anarchists and communists and and all this stuff, and they're yeah. like, you're feeding into this bullshit system. And it's like, yeah, I don't know about all this. Oh, of course, he's not, he's not inspiring because he's 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 the he's exactly he's exactly the same kind of yeah. shit. He's like a you know he's a Republican. He's like a you know he's there's two parties. It's the party of capital, and it's got two different wings. The Democrats mm-hmm. and Republicans, right? And, and right, no right. one and no one is more of that than Joe Biden, who's sided with corporations every single yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. against you know and the crime bill. God, anyway, like a terrible. Yeah. Uh, we we don't have to do this the whole we don't, time. No, 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 no. But We're it was not, good. It was good. It doing was pretty it good. Yeah, it was personal. I always like, I like to keep it. Keep it. Yeah, let's keep it personal and talk, talk about politics. Where it's like, how was it for you? And you yeah, you and your family. It's insane. Um, what's your plan? What's what are you doing? Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the McConaughey come behind his eyes, folks. The hey man spoke volume. <laughs> Question answered, dude. I've, hey, uh, comma man. Period. It, it Over. Really, it feels like if I um, I don't know if I keep doing the things I do every day to keep myself on track, and I, you know, I keep my money situation in an okay place. Yeah, I keep myself open to stuff. You know, I'm I'm willing to go wherever it leads. The overall goal is to become a great stand-up comedian that is successful and has specials and it gets to act and oh, lives, great. you know, lives off that and has a fun life. And I want you know kids and a wife. Those are 
that's the overall thing. And then on the way there, man, I'm just, as long as I stick to doing the things every day that get me closer to that and I take care of myself and I try to be a good person, I feel okay. Yeah. You are concerned with being a good person, which is nice for a comedian. Um, very rarely do I find somebody who I admire their personal life and their oh, comedy. Thank you, man. And uh, I've met some people like that in Austin. Not you. You're not one of them. But I've met people. I'm just kidding. I've, uh, but you're one of them. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's like, uh, it's hard. Because, like, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, it's, it's hard to, to be pursuing both those things. Uh, simultaneously. Simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. Easily, one can easily uh, subvert the other. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's something to think about. Yeah. Because you're going to get, I don't know. I, I was thinking about that today where it's like, I was reading this Phil, the Shoe Dog book. Yeah. Did you finish that yet? Yeah, I just finished it today. Nice. But it was like at the end, he talks Phil about. Phil Knight, the CEO of Nike Shoe Dog. The CEO of Nike, Phil Knight, Buck Knight, the Shoe Dog. And they call him Buck? Uh, his family called him Buck growing up. And, but, you know, he's alluding to how strained his relationship with his oldest son is getting throughout the book. And then at the end, you know, the other shoe drops and his son dies in like a scuba accident. Oh. And they, um, and, you know, they were, he was talking about how his son was rebellious his whole childhood, but also Phil wasn't there a lot because he was working on building this company and then his son died. And I couldn't help thinking if that was like this great karmic sacrifice that he had to make in order to build his empire where he wasn't there for his son. And then eventually, you know, his son meets his demise. And I don't know if... I don't have kids, but I don't know. To me, that felt like making the choice to pursue your own business over, you know, the well-being of your family. And you can say you're doing all this stuff for your family, but ultimately you're trying to build your great pyramids and, you know, sort of oh, yeah. prop up your ego, which I don't. I haven't been faced with those types of decisions, so I don't know how I would act right. in that scenario. But I do remember feeling like that feels like a pretty substantial loss to to have um, in pursuit of the larger gain of success. So I wonder about those uh, crossroads that we will come to in our careers and how they'll be handled. Because it's easy for me to say all this. As a young single man. As I, yeah, because I just read a fucking book. Yeah. And I know, but I don't know what those <laughs> decisions are like. But that's why I like fucking Matthew McConaughey. I mean, his kids aren't grown yet. We don't know. Yeah. How good, we don't know how good he's doing. I wonder, but too. But he yeah. did seem to have a really good balance on that, which I appreciated, was his love of family and his focus on that over career while still simultaneously making his career something great and living really artfully and enjoying it along the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was super inspiring. Right. Yeah. Like the thing where it's like he decided he didn't want to do rom-coms anymore. So he mm -hmm. just like hold up, spend a lot of time and with his family. Spent time with his family and years he, and he held, he held it down and he stayed, he stayed to it. He, he hit one of those crossroads where he got offered, you know, over $10 million and he stayed true to the course, yep. which is, Again, after you make a decision like that, you might have a little more fucking self-confidence. If that actually plays all the way out with you yeah. winning an Oscar, you know what I mean? Yeah. You might you might maybe not talk too roughly about yourself at yeah, that right. point. Like where it's like, hey, it all worked out. Yeah, maybe with yeah. the benefit of hindsight of like, and it got me to yeah. where, I mean, I got everything I ever wanted. Yeah. So how could I talk shit about it? Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. How is it going to play out with you with the, um, like, because there's a point where, 
uh, we're blessed as men to not have to worry about when we're going to start a family. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. We can defer it for a long time and still have a good thing going on. Yeah. Stay um, healthy. When are you going to be ready to do that? Dude. I need to think about that because sometimes I think like if I met somebody now, I'd be like, let's do it. Oh, but yeah. I don't think that's the wise move. I don't think I have enough experience with women to like actually make that judgment call too. also maybe. Oh, I, mean, I don't know. You don't think you've had enough relationships under your belt to, to know to, to know. I think the, I the think I thing. can be easily tricked and I think I have to work out some of my own insecurities, too, because they could lead me to something that isn't necessarily the right long-term thing. Cause yeah. I would like to have a long-term, th- you know what I mean? I oh, would yeah. like it to be a life partner. I don't know if that's realistic or not, but I'm going to try. Yeah, me too. Yeah. You know, but that's the thing I, I keep, I keep worrying about too is like, why am I dating? Am I dating right now just to have someone who's around? Is this are these yeah. practice girlfriends? Like, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, isn't that terrible to go into it expecting that and be like, you're, you're not, you're not the you're not the real thing, but we can hang out for a while. Yeah, that's shitty, right? That's a shitty thing to do to a person. Totally. But also, I need I know that I am not ready to do. I'm not ready to go for it, family wise. Yeah. And it won't be until I'm secure financially yes. and career wise. Yeah, that's something I have to remember too. Yeah, I had to just tell my family that like one of those late night talks where it's like, "What are you doing, man? What are you, what's your deal? What's going on?" Yeah. And I had to be like, "Listen, like I could." settle down i'm choosing not to yeah. it's not like i'm like failing at settling down yeah like, i think they perceive it that way they're like terrence just can't find the right girl and it's like no, no there's plenty of girls who i've already met women who would be great mothers for my children yeah. i'm not even kidding yeah, yeah yeah like i'm like that could work i was telling my friend like I, I i fall in love with like <laughs> i told a friend i could conceivably fall in love with um it was a crazy like 20 percent of women my age 20% I could I could I could find love with yeah. them. Yeah. Um I'm agreeable enough, I'm flexible enough. Work. Yeah, yeah, totally. I can make it work. Like They'd be a good mom. So yeah, they'll be a good mom. I could I could do it. I did that for with life. my ex. I was like, you want me to put a baby in you, I'll do it. I can't guarantee <laughs> I'll be here. Which that was after that I was like, yeah, maybe I'm not making the best. But you're a lover. Yeah. It's like I think it's like I'm a lover too. Where it's like I could make it'll happen. Like like, I, like I'm not concerned that I'm not gonna find somebody. Yeah. I'm concerned that I'm gonna like screw up and, um, you know, miss out on an opportunity to make my life really meaningful and have the life that I want. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I ended up telling my drunken family at 1 a.m. like you know it's easier to have a family <laughs> than get on Conan right yeah, yeah, yeah. you get that right <laughs> everybody's got a family yeah it's so fucked up Not like a, it's fucked up to say it's, it's rude because yeah. it's like they had a what, family what you guys did it's fucking nothing the people next door did it too it's not, yeah, it's, it's, but it's not that it's not hard to do. It's hard to do it well. I know it that. It is hard to do it well. Exactly. It's hard to do it well. Yeah. Um, and it's easier to do it when you have money. We all know that. We do know we that. We all know that. Yep. And um, I was just like, the timings, the t- I, I want to be in a place where I'm ready to go for yeah, it. Yeah. And you've reconciled a lot of your own demons. I feel like we still got to, we're still out on the road working out some stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Trying to, yeah, I'm trying to be, yeah, trying to become the person that I would, that I would want to settle down with. Like, yeah, the kind, trying to become the kind of, ma- like, the kind of, like, like, I want someone who's great. And so I need to be great. Yeah, yeah, in exactly. order to, to match that. Charlie person. Munger's got a quote about that. He's like, if you want a great partner, the best way to go about it is to be worthy of a great partner. Ooh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 
Right. So you have to you have to have some you poor, have, yeah, you poor have girl to, who's slumming it. Yeah. You what have to she, build like, something. You're like, what is she thinking? What yeah. is she doing? Why is she doing this? Woman's an idiot. Why is she with me? Yeah. <laughs> Her biggest flaw is she's dating me. Yeah. She's great otherwise. Um, my grandpa always said, if you want a friend, be a friend. I mean, um, that's, yeah, it's great. You same give, thing. You get what you give, man. Exactly. You get what you give. Um, what, if you had to ballpark the age, the age you'll be when you become a father for the first time. I don't know, 35. Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe. Five years, if that, but like five years is fast. Um, yeah, but it could be thirty-five to forty. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm ready for that as well. But then oh. five years, I mean, like I know when I was twenty-five, thirty seemed a long way away, and it was not. Yeah, no, a long way away. The years are going to get shorter to us because our yeah. perception of what a year is becomes shorter and shorter. But when you're yes. eight, you've only had eight years, so a year is huge. I love this theory because the, yeah, every year yeah. as you experience it, it's a smaller percentage of your overall experience with the year. Right, so it's right. se- it just seems smaller. But then also, people's lives get more boring and repetitive. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's on them. Like so like that's on or it's like if you're if you change jobs and change cities all the time, then you have more memories because you're like, "Well, that was an I was in Austin." Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you have, have different more, ways to break it up. Exactly. Totally. Instead of like you can't remember it's like, "Oh, that was the fourth year I was living in New York." You know what I mean? Like it's hard to remember that stuff. Yeah. Um, what else, man? We done. Know, man. It's been an hour and a half. Isn't that I, funny? Yeah, I, I think checked. we did pretty good. Me too. Oh yeah, we did great. You want to hang it up? Hang it up. Uh, uh, yeah. What's uh, yeah. What um, any what would be a call to action for the audience? What do they want? What do you want them to take from this conversation? Just keep living. Just keep <laughs> no, JK no, living. No, no, that's no. My, that's Matthew McConaughey's. No, the like, takeaway from the conversation is. I don't know. I think building good habits is a is a good takeaway. And you it's hard to do, but if you do it over time, you are what you repeatedly do, and it'll make you happier in the long run. Yeah. You're a reader, man. I should you got me you got, I keep being like I should read books I'm not. I'm this. not. It's all You are. You I read mean, every day. I, I don't read. I read every day now around yeah, here. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then it'll be months where I'm not. So well, yeah, it's Yeah. Anyway. You do have great habits. You're doing great. Thank you. Um Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. This podcast is a lot of fun. Good. Bye. That's my buddy Mike. Isn't he delightful, insightful, um, 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 brightful, a good, another rhyming thing? Anyway, he's great. Um, I don't think we mentioned his Instagram, but follow him at Michael Roland, R-O-W-L-A-N-D, O underscore O, because it looks like two little eyes. So it's Mike... Uh, Mike Roland and his Instagram handle is Michael Roland O underscore O um, on Instagram. Great Instagram follow. Just an amazing comedian. Just follow him so you can find out when he's performing near you uh, as the pandemic lifts because um, he's worth it. He's 100% worth seeing. I've seen him many, many times in the last two weeks and uh, I've enjoyed every single one of them. Um, and I enjoy you, listener. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please rate and review the podcast. If you're listening right now, you can just scroll on down and do that, um, and that'd be uh, a big favor to me. It's kind of like paying for the free experience that you just had. You can pay for it with um, a rating, and I will review. I will read the ratings and reviews here on the pod. Once again, thank you to my friend Rudy Schultz, Rudy Schultz, graphic designer extraordinaire for the logo on the pod, and thank you to Steve Gerard, Steve Gerard of Crown Blue Music. Crown Blue Music uh, for the for the lovely theme song, and um, I will catch you later on this week with some more some more pod. All right, thanks for listening. Peace. <laughs>